Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 28-7 to the Philly Eagles with 9.41 left in the fourth quarter. So they're not home and hosed, but they're very close to it. A couple of very happy guys now. Uh, Ian Healy's been with us right the way through, as he always is. But he's also chairman of the Heat, so he's delighted this morning after the performance at Marvel Stadium. And the player of the match from last night, who's had to cool his heels for the last uh, couple of weeks, I suppose, which would have been frustrating, Xavier Bartlett. A very good morning to you, mate, and congratulations on last night. Well done. Good morning, boys. Thanks for having me. Hey, it, it hey, has, been, has, it, yeah, sorry, has sorry, it been heels, frustrating John, you for you, X? You, you, don't, you don't ever give the impression of frustration in your demeanour, uh, but has it been frustration that, that you're just desperate to get another go and you, you made the most of it? Yeah, it's more that just um just desperate just to try and get back out there and try and help the team to to win. Um obviously last night I was lucky enough to to contribute to the win, but um yeah, it's been a little not not so much frustrating period because we've had such a great team um for the last couple of games especially and we've been on a little bit of a run. So um yeah, just happy that I could come in and um yeah, contribute was nice. It's special it's such a specialized art form, isn't it, bowling in in T20 particularly in this uh you know, the high-pressure atmosphere of finals. How do you keep yourself in nick for that? You know, just bowling where you have to be when you can only do it in the practice nets. You're not doing it in, in a match format. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, you can't really replicate um, bowling out in the middle when you're under the pump and there's, you know, 20,000 people in the in the stadium. Um, but I think it's just trying to just stick to my process and, um, yeah, just really trying to nail down those things in training and, Almost when you get out into the game, just enjoy and just um, yeah, back yourself that you're going to execute um, on the night. I, I thought, what did you like most about your bowling? How did it feel leading into the, that first over, for example? Um, yeah, it felt pretty nice. Um, obviously, obviously, having spent um, a couple of weeks um, not playing, I've had a chance to work with um, Andy Bickle really closely, our bowling coach. Um, just to tinker a few things um, with my action and just uh, yeah, my execution, but um. Yeah, everything felt pretty good, which um, I guess is nice because you can have days where you you know you feel nice and you don't go particularly well. So it was nice to get a few wickets. Yeah, I thought both. I thought both. What I liked about both you and Niza Ness, yes, last night was your length. You had seemed to have really good control, and there were no easy easy hits for some very very good batsmen. It's pretty scary, Sean Marsh, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Sean Marsh is very scary. Um, I've had a few short games where he's yeah he's Got, got the better of us, but um, yeah, it's just just more about that length. Um, we spoke about obviously Marvel Stadium can have a bit of variability in the wicket, so I was really just about smacking those that top of the stumps length and just trying to um not leave the top of the stumps for as as long as we could, which ended up being pretty much most of the innings. That was the length we tried to target. Hey, what's the feeling in the side? Obviously, that the, you know the headlines around it now. You've got you lose Usman, you lose Manus, Matty Renshaw. Swepo, they, they move on now. They've got to go to the subcontinent for an Indian tour. Um, what's the feeling in the side? Because you've got a big, big game Thursday against the Sixers. Yeah, obviously those blokes are class, and um, I guess that's why they're going to India. But just to have them around the group, I think it's really rubbed off on the rest of us here. And um, 
we've got some unbelievable players coming back into the side who have, you know, they've performed throughout this big bash and through state cricket. So, um, oh, yeah, obviously those blokes are a, ma- a massive miss. Um, but, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully the other boys can come back and step up, and i got no doubt that they will. And I guess it's now up to the bowling attack who stays together. Don't really make too many changes to the bowling attack through those losses to the tests to lead things, you know, and and maybe maybe support take on a little bit more pressure that for Jimmy Pearson without having Usman down there, we got to take on more responsibility, eh? Yeah, exactly right, Hills. I think obviously having the bowling group together, we play all all our state cricket together, Barb. Bobby Spencer, um, who he's he's been unbelievable um, to come back in. He's kind of really taken that pressure off, um, especially especially Nessa feel um, taking those pressure moments. Nessa's been so good for so long, and to have someone else step up the way Spence has has been unbelievable. But um, mm. yeah, I think we just got to you know stick to our process and um, yeah try our best, and hopefully we get up. So have you been working on Spencer to make sure he remains in Queensland for quite a few years to come? Yeah, it's been a little running joke that um yeah we'll, we'll make way to um accommodate him. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he he's been amazing. Um, he's a really good bloke. I've got along with him really well, and just his skill sets. Um, yeah, he's unbelievable. And I think any team that has him, um, he's an asset and he's a very valuable member of our side. And hopefully, he sticks around for um a lot longer. Would be really nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we. Yeah, you've probably played a fair few games against the Sixers. We played pretty good against them, eh? Yeah, we had that game last year where we both made 90 and got down to the last ball, so... Yeah, and um, you had a mate yeah. for 47, and Dorsius makes runs. Come on. Yeah, yeah I know. We'll try, try to forget that bit, and we'll just stick to that we lost in the last over in the tie one. <laughs> um, so, but, um, yeah, 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 do you feel comfortable with the matchups here? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, the Sixers have been um, a good side for a number of years now, and um, yeah, no doubt that they've been in this position before um, finals cricket. But uh, yeah, they're obviously a really good team. But I think if we play our best cricket, I think I think we'll go go really close and um, yeah, give them a good run for their money. And um, yeah, I think if we play play to our our potential, um, yeah, I think we're right up there as one of the best teams in the comp. We know about the sluggish start, mate, but you've come home with a wet sail, to use the old vernacular. Six from seven, you've won. Is there, you know, if you if you had to say there was one or two points as to why this turnaround happened, what would you say? Yeah, at the start of the tournament, we just spoke about that it is tournament play and you want to peak at the right times. I mean, probably not getting off to the start that we did where we were last for a little bit, it's probably the start year after. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's just that, that really gelling as a team and not not panicking and that sort of thing. But I guess the obviously no doubt the um, the inclusion of all the Aussie boys has probably had a big contribute um, contribution to that. So um, all these leadership as well, just the calmness and cool headedness out there is um, no doubt. Last night I felt that when I was bowling, he just yeah doesn't overcomplicate things and just lets you go out there and just do your thing. Yeah, it's going to take some coordination, I reckon, this week for your bowlers to to sort of. Let Jimmy know what what exactly you might want, you, you know, so that you can get that calmness again. And it won't be coming from Jimmy; it'll be coming from someone else running, running to you from mid off, or it won't it? It's it's going to take some some coordination by Jimmy. Yeah, exactly right. Jimmy's obviously a great leader and um, has been for a really really long time. And I think the best thing about Jimmy taking over his captaincy is that he's 
he's been there the whole time um, for this run and as well as the last probably five, six, seven years that I've been around the group. Um, but yeah, it's I guess it's, like you said about us bowlers, where one of us is probably going to find ourselves at mid-off. So just trying to bounce off ideas with them and um, yeah, just trying to help out Jimmy as much as we can. I think Ness will... Ness is obviously a real senior guy in our group, and we trust him a lot. And, um, yeah, I think that's that'll be one of the blokes I'll be turning to. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Great stuff last night, mate. Three for 18, player of the match, and uh, the Heat roll on. They've won six from seven. Uh, they have the Sixers Thursday night. What are you doing? You're on a plane with Heels this morning, coming home for a couple of days and then to Sydney? Yeah, back home now for a couple of days, and then, yeah, head off um, Wednesday to Sydney. So it should be good to get home for a couple of days. Awesome. You were fantastic last night, Xavier. Great to have you back on the side. We wish you the very best of luck for Thursday. Thanks a lot, X. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Hills. Cheers. Xavier Bartlett, one of the stars of the show last night. As the heat roll on, their BBL title hopes are still alive. It's... Oh, we've got a special guest coming on the show, Hills, right now. This is the man that Carl Rackerman has been telling us so much about for a long time, and we've listened to him. Liam Wilson yes. uh, is joining us from Arizona in the States. Uh, he had his medical run overtime last Friday. We were hoping to speak to him then, but he's got a huge fight coming up this weekend that we'll all be riveted to. Liam, uh, great to chat to you, and thanks for coming on the show this morning, mate, and in what's a really important time in your career. Hey, mate. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, mate, it's coming up pretty quick. Um, it's, you know, we're ready to go. We're one, we're one week out from the, you know, the biggest fight of my life, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited for it. You're fighting by the, an Argentinian, by the or the Mexican, I should say, by the name of Emmanuel Navarrete, who has got a hell of a record and hasn't been beaten for ten years. Yeah, mate. Yeah, he's a he's a tough customer. He's um he's a former two weight division world champion. He hasn't been beaten in ten years, and um, you know he's, he's got a good knockout record. And no, yeah, it's gonna be a tough fight, but you know I'm ready for it. This is what I've been dreaming of, and. Uh, you know, I believe I was made for this, so I, I can't wait for it, mate. Yeah, that's fantastic, Liam. And now, t- talk to us about the, the split between your workout in Washington. Have you been preparing in Washington for the Arizona fight? How have you been doing it? I chose to come over to Washington just to get the better, better quality training, uh, better sparring over here. So I've based myself over out of Washington for the last seven weeks. And, um, you know, even then, it's been a bit of a nightmare. I've had to, had to go over to London in that time and go over there and sort my working visa out. So I've, I've hopped between Washington and London and back to Washington. And now I'm finally in Arizona. Uh, I'm one week out from the fight. And, you know, I've just been, you know, making do with what I've got, sparring whoever I can and, you know, getting ready for this hard fight coming up on, on Friday night over here. There was a great article in uh, yesterday's Sunday Mail about you, and uh, we know you're coming into this as an underdog, but this is this could be your time. Yeah. No, I believe so. I, um, you know, like I've, I've seen many Australians do it. Uh, Jeff Horn, George Timbosis. I was actually fortunate enough to travel with Jeff Horn on his first international trip uh, to Russia when I was 14 years old. It was me, Jeff Horn, and George Timbosis, and uh, we seen what they went on to do. They went on to be world champions. And I'd like to think of myself to be the third one out of that trip to, to become world champion. And oh, What an experience. 14 years of age. My goodness. Mate, I saw you um, at Nissan Arena uh, fighting on the Nikita Zoo card. Was that, let's say about 12 months ago or whatever. Uh, you, you hammered someone that night. Uh, what are your weapons? My weapons? Mate, I, I think 
you know, put put aside the boxing ability. I think my weapons are my my pride, my 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 courage to win, my intensity to bring in the ring, and just my desire to to keep fighting and get the win for my for myself, for my family, and for everything that I believe that I'm boxing for. Um, you know, I don't think any other man can match what I bring in, in a sense that I fight with a lot of pride on my sleeve and, you know, I, I just give it my 100%. No, that's no, my that's weapon. For, yeah. if, if we're going to talk about physical attributes, you know, I think my left hook is my, is my dangerous weapon in the fight, but you know, I think my big heart is the, the main one. Yeah, now you can get lucky as a boxer, hey? Like, you, I looked at the stats between you two fighters. You, I'd say you've both got long arms, have you? You've got to have your the weight built in, into your body in the right spots, haven't you, to, to be a successful boxer in any weight class. But you, you're giving up. Uh, he's You're six centimetres taller than him, and yet his arms are five, he's, you know, five centimetre reach, reach advantage. Yeah, mate, so that's uh, the hard one to sort of really figure out what's happening now, even on sort of shots. I have been told that the reason we came to Washington was because there's a guy at the gym that's actually fought him twice. So yes. we thought we'd come here, get the information from him and train, train underneath him, train, train beside him, and just someone that's very familiar with him. And what I've said is he's, he's very tall. He's, a, he's actually a lot. He's about my height, actually. So they think the the measurements the measurements are out. Oh, good. They said okay. he's got very long arms of a. He's got, he's got the arms of a six foot bloke. He's very very long, and um, you know his his style is very deceiving because because he's that long. Um, I think that's his biggest weapon as well is the fact that you know he's got these little arms that you know are deceiving. They're like fighting Courtney Walsh, Paddy. <laughs> it could oh. be. Hey, Liam, Redcliffe-born, but started your boxing in Kingaroy, and you've got lots of great friends and fans out there that have followed your career religiously, haven't you? Yeah, mate, yeah. It's been, been, like, so it's been a long road. Um, I started boxing in Kingaroy about 17 years ago now. It'll be 17 years this year under the guidance of Lenny Hands under the Kingaroy Boxing Club, and, um, you know, that place is still running... As far as I know, I think when he's moved on, he's done his... But the gym's still there. I'm not fixed that. And, you know, pay my sort of dues. We're just, hey, Liam, we're just having a, a few troubles with the line. We'll we'll, uh, we'll put you on hold. Uh, Hills, it's a wonderful story the more I read about it. And, and I'm pleased he got such a, a big run in the in the paper yesterday because, I mean, he could be our next world champion. This, uh, the bookmakers are saying nay. Uh, and this this Mexican, this Emmanuel Navarrete, is is a star. He's thirty six mm. and one. He hasn't been beaten for a decade. And he's uh, not old either. No, no. Uh, no. Uh, is he twenty eight? I read he was twenty eight. Is that real? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. But, he's yeah. had thirty seven fights. Liam just twelve. So, so. But if Liam remembers, if he if he can hear us, if he just continues to remember family pride and that intensity to go with his great boxing, you never know. I I like it. I like it. The Eagles have just scored uh, in the shadows of halftime. It's 14-7 in this NFC Championship match. Yeah, look, we've just had a bit of trouble with that line. It wasn't the greatest line. I think we got the gist of the story across. Big Uh, time, yeah. Yeah, Redcliffe Bourne started out at Kingaroy. He's got so many fans there. I think Bruce and Kelly... Garrett from the Kingaroy Hotel. They've been helping him yeah. and, and pushing him for a long time. And, of course, as we know, uh, the great man, Carl Mocker-Rackerman, on the uh, the bandwagon now and pushing it hard. And he, he keeps calling all of us in the media and just saying, hey, 
You know, we've got a good kid from country Queensland. Get in behind him and support mm. him. And it's this weekend you'll be able to see that fight. Uh, there was Liam a lot Wilson. of Wilson, Team Wilson shirts at Nissan that night. You know, so there are, there are great supporters. Uh, and ironically, it was the Mexicans that have been his heroes over time. He sits and mm. watches, you know, films of the Mexican boxes that uh, he just loves, and now he's up against one. Yeah, there's been plenty of them. The word we're getting there, and he was telling Jack, our producer, that he's still got four kilos to cut before Thursday's weigh-in. Uh, but that's not unusual before a big mm. title fight. You know, he's been... Then they put on about six straight away, don't they? They get them off and yeah. put on more. Yeah, he's been... He's been really pushed around because he needed to travel from Washington over to London to get a visa, which is almost a bonus because there was some thought that he'd have to come home to go through the process, but he was allowed to go to London to get one and then fly back into the States. So mm. it's been a bit tricky and he's been in Washington and now he's in Arizona getting ready for this fight at the weekend. So we'll keep an eye on him. You know, if you're built in proportion, Paddy, mm. you know, the, the Statue of David or whatever that's called, that yeah. proportions, if you put your hands out straight, both arms out, mm -hmm. that's your body height. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. And your head is one-eighth of your body height, that sort of, those sort of proportions, right? Mm -hmm. So here, Navaretti is 170 centimetres high and his arms are 183. That, he's 13 centimetres out of proportion. He's lucky. So, so, uh, so Liam's got to hope that they are wrong, those stats. <laughs> All right, it's just gone 7.30. As we said, the Eagles are leading the 49ers 14-7. We'll keep an eye on that because a couple of Aussies involved. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski is also involved in that, but, of course, it's uh, Jordan Mailata uh, is the probably our biggest Aussie name in the NFL. He's on about $30 million a season. Heels, just uh, for a little bit of interest there. Now, where are you going to go with gloves off this morning? I've oh, got a little bit of a worry, Paddy. Uh -huh. I've, got a, I've got a worry that our cricketing nations don't trust each other. And it's not, not acceptable. Okay. Well, do you want to hear from the Australian coach before you launch? What? What? Andrew McDonald? Yeah. Before, well, they're, they're about to head to India and they've had these camps at the, et cetera, just getting ready. Uh, mm. The big talking point is Cam Green and this finger injury and the broken finger and how he's coming back. So uh, let's just hear, before we listen to uh, Heels okay. on uh, Gloves Off this morning, from the Australian coach on the Cam Green injury. His bowling will be his greatest challenge. He's got a, um, a concern consult with the surgeon tomorrow where he should be given a, uh, a tick of approval um, that that bone has healed and I don't want to speak medical terms here but basically after that it should be just building him up and, and um, we'll see how he goes each session and build, building confidence is the main thing. And Yeah, uh, the, bat, the batting apparently won't, we don't think, will be a drama. He, he spoke about that as well. Yeah, we value his batting. Uh, first and foremost really. Um, he's a batter in our top six and we value that and the bowling is a, is a bonus and it's been a very nice bonus over the period of time. And the other Handy one, number six too. Yeah, Big, oh yeah. Tall. Yeah. You can get down the wicket with that front foot and play sweep shots or bop it back over the bowler's head. So uh, he's he's very, very difficult to bowl to. Well, if he doesn't get the report that he was hoping for today, maybe we will see Renshaw back in that test side and uh, to start off in India. The, the other one, of course, is uh, Mitch Stark and where he's at. Yeah, he is. It looks pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so he's pretty much near top speed, So um, which is... Yeah, which is staggering, really. Um, the, the guard needs to stay on, so it's really protecting against the knock that would then, um, I suppose, yeah, re-injure that ligament. So, um, yeah, so that, that's why it's a clear-cut deadline. So it sounds pretty good with him, doesn't it, with Stark, and he's going to be yeah, crucial for us over there as well. Yeah, airspeed's really important uh, over there because you don't get much pace off the wicket and bounce. So airspeed, which is what he's got, perfect.
and uh, then every now and then he could go to the body. He could uh, body bash for a while and and uh, just dig it in for short, sharp spells. So yeah, that's good. They, I, I um, I trust Andrew McDonald, and and uh, they reckon they've replicated India in and the conditions for which we're going to bowl spin in. And he's gathered the spinners to North Sydney Oval, and uh, he's pretty happy. He's happy that there's no pre-tour matches, mm. and uh, the boys will have what they want, and hopefully they can freshen them up. You know, Warner obviously saying, "I'm I'm cooked." I'm, he's not in a fresh state of mind, so he's got about ten days to get that right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll ask you to call the Brighton Homes open line after Hills uh, gives us his gloves off. Brighton, of course, is locking in your price until 2024, which is great news, and that gives you the confidence to build your dream home today. Now on breakfast with Pat and Hills, Hills gets his gloves off. Yes, uh, this title is Cricket Nations No Longer Trust Each Other and Worries Me. Uh, Last week, we heard that the Australian cricket team weren't going to play a warm-up match because the conditions that would get served up would be unlike the test matches they'd need to then be playing on. So they're not even going to bother. Now, we've gathered our spinners in Sydney for strategic talks. I'm assuming, assuming on replica Indian surfaces, and as we just found out, that is right. Um, we no longer trust that the requested facilities will be provided for a, a nation. Now, we've been part of this shenanigans too, by the way. Remember England came out, let's say, uh, 12 years ago, um, and their touring team played an Australian eleven which our selectors picked just one fast bowler, and that was Ben Cutting, one fast bowler in the attack so that the Indi- the English batsmen couldn't get much practice. Um, so now England bring their own o- opposition. You remember the British Lions, the England Lions came yeah. out with them last time to play against the, the top team. So t- to me, that's not good enough. Uh, rather than playing, you know, when we were over there, we, we spent our time uh, whinging about these weakened county teams that England put up as our opposition before the series. Um, so last time, or two two series ago, Australia took two teams over for pre-tournament work, and they played against each other, which, which again, is just a lack of trust in what, what's happening. The tour before that, we, we didn't even belt those county teams. As weakened as they were, we didn't win many of those county games. We just whined. So we've we got to start belting teams, get into a winning frame of mind and, and move to the tests. Our, our focus in cricket has shifted from creating opportunities and experience for our best up-and-coming cricketers and legends. If they want to play against the touring team, let them play. Now we deny touring teams quality preparation before very highly anticipated series. And I don't like it. It's disappointing to watch such dismantling of trust between cricket's nations and it needs to stop. Touring teams seem to all struggle these days. And here we go again. We're going to India without a whole lot of Indian practice under our belts, let alone England later on in the year, where we haven't won since 2001. So I hope uh, everything, you know, in India, they're just hoping that things will click and the squad freshens up with net practice. And and uh, Andrew McDonald has uh, got that job to do. Our coaching staff are content with this and I'll trust them for now. I would, however, like to see a tour match between the second and third tests in India. There's four in total. Between the second and third tests, I'd love to see a three-day game so that our seven reserves that we've got over there can have a good hit out. 
Um, now, should hosting countries try harder to provide appropriate opposition and conditions requested by touring nations, or are you happy with this? Just, you know, neglecting the opposition's requests when they tour your country. 13, 13, 55. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, Usman sort of tongue-in-cheek mocked having a warm-up game over there in the uh, subcontinent when he said, look, he said, there's no point because he said they'll prepare a green top and then we get to the dust bowls for the test matches. So they're probably better off doing exactly what they're doing at the moment and having these camps down in in Sydney for the guys that aren't involved in the uh, BBL. Mm. Get a supervisor over there. Send someone over to supervise the conditions that we've requested. Mm. Are we doing enough? Probably not. So get over there. 13, 13 55, that Brighton Homes open line or the text line. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 0467 736 736. That's heels, gloves off. But there's morning. plenty of cricketers and coaches that say, oh, bugger the, bugger the opponents. You know, that we're not going to help them be good in this series. Um, so a lot of our listeners will probably say, no, no, that's what we should do. But we've got to cop it. Uh, when we get, when we get it from others, hey, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lions because we're we're continuing this key to success series um, that you started and it's it's been really popular, getting a lot of uh, interest. And we thought we'd do the Lions today. We had the uh, the skipper in the other day who's oh he looks lean and mean and he, he's he's very confident too. The one thing he did tell us that's been picked up uh, by the papers is Marcus Adams. He'll, and he said he'll get in there and he, he's he's a weapon in the gym. But from this concussion, because, you know, when he starts to run, he just spirals downhill very, very quickly. It's really alarming for him, isn't it? Definitely. So that, that motion is no good for him. It's, uh, you know, I guess you're going to feel some improvement quite quick when it does start to improve. So, yeah, good luck, mate. Yeah, he was quoted through the, the papers, um, Zork, saying, yeah, it looks like it for sure, um, Zork's told Patton Heels. And when asked if Adams will miss the entire season, he said, I don't think they're putting a return date on. I think he's just going at long-term injury list and trying to get his head right. Uh, mm-hmm. Conversations in the gym. He still comes in and lifts weight. He's thick. He's a big boy. Uh, he's benching double what he used to. But as soon as he starts the running process, he spirals quickly. So, yeah, it's it's alarming. It, it really is. And we wish Marcus Adams the very best of luck. But, yes, on the on the, the Lions Hill, um, as far as your keys to success, where do you think they're placed? I think I don't know what to call this one. Um, I think they've got to really work hard on their cohesion, and, and uh, it might be technical. Um, um, that's it goes into the technical bit. So Danaher, Hipwood, McCluggage, Cameron, they all had they didn't quite cement their their uh, combinations up forward last year, and they've had sort of three years trying to get that perfect. Now you throw in Gunston and Dunkley. To feed them, you know, we've got Lincoln McCarthy around there too. So, so they, you know, they have to really get together, and I think they've got to find ways of working on that. Um, whether that's a technical issue, then I think uh, with these new players and new recruits, as well as Marcus struggling uh, to be uh, inactive, uh, the social side of things, getting to enjoy everyone's company uh, and their families, and getting to know each other, to become that tight unit that wants to live and breathe for each other. That's the second thing I reckon. The second priority and the third priority is every facet of play. They've just got to make the improvements they said they needed: kicking accuracy, midfield speed. You know, Lockie Neal is always working on that, and then Harris Andrews leading the defence. I think that so. That's a 
a technical thing as well, I, I reckon. I, I just think that's what they have to do. Fitness is looking after itself, but technically they have to get together. Well, if the skipper's any indication, he he's fit as I've seen. I mean, he's stripped away to 73 kilos. He said he'll bump up, but it's pretty easy for these guys to bump on a few kilos, isn't it, with muscle mass, etc. as they get closer to the season. I think... Um, one of the you talked about the social. I don't think there's going to be a drama there to tell you the truth. Having a chat to Benny Davis uh, from Seven, uh, who has spent a bit of time out there at this new Springfield base, he said someone like Josh Dunkley, who's new into the uh, into the fold, he said he's just loving it out there. He said he was sitting there having a coffee after training. He said this is beautiful. Members of the public are there, and you know, not really pestering them. You know, they might get a uh, a shot or a, an autograph or something like that, but. Uh, Dunkley seems to think that the, the social side of this club is wonderful. So, And I think it always has been. I think there's always been a, a good camaraderie, mateship. Gone are the days when, you know, we got to the end of the season and the young recruits that had done their couple of years, all they wanted to do was get home, you know, to Adelaide or Perth or back to Melbourne. They all want to stay there now. So I think they've ticked that box. And I, I really think, you know, the, the, the three, the, the, the Dunkley, Gunston and, and Ashcroft, so on the personnel level, I think, from all I can read, the, the recruiting has been sensational and these three in particular will be keys to success mm. this season. But you have to learn, if I'm kicking into space, where's the space this bloke normally would run into? Does he turn to his left or does he turn to his right? Th- those sorts of things, you have to learn where to be putting the ball for each new player. So that takes a bit of time. They have to, And they just have to keep ticking these boxes. Don't, don't let anything wane. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what a pre-season's before, I suppose, at any club. I don't know whether they can stay at uh, Brighton Homes Arena either if it's not bouncing like the Gabba. They're going to have to get back into Brisbane in the lead-up to matches. It's a it's a deader surface than the Gabba. They need to be careful there too. Yeah, they'll have a plan. There's no doubt about that. Brighton Homes open line. We'd love to hear from you. 13 13 55 or the text line. 0467-736-736. Queensland is racing. Yes, we are racing. We're up at the sunny coast at the weekend. And Chris Nelson's got the latest on it. Hello, mate. Good morning to you. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning, Heels. And, yeah, it was a good day's racing at the Sunshine Coast on Saturday. And Shalo was very impressive, mm. Paddy, winning the uh, the Sunshine Coast Cup. Yeah, for uh, Benny Thompson, a, a little bit of, yeah. you know, a little bit of a comeback after that uh, disappointment in Yellow Brick and the Magic Millions guineas. Yes, uh, he rode a treble there on Saturday, Ben Thompson, and Jimmy Orman rode a double. Just reading an article on uh, on Jimmy Orman here that uh, he's on track to, to break 100 Metropolitan winners this season. There's only two other jockeys that have done that, Chris Muntz and Jeff Lloyd in uh, in Queensland. And he's he's ridden more winners uh, th- ridden more winners than any other jockey in Australia so far this season, uh, Jimmy Orman. That's just not Metro. That's right across the country. Good stuff, yeah. Very, yeah, very good. Going well. Hey, um, as you said, you blokes, Shaylot, like came from the clouds, didn't it? Was, was that happening a lot on at Sunny Coast on the Saturday? Oh, look, the track played pretty fair. Actually, you could uh, you could win from anywhere. I think tempo was the the decider. You could get up along the fence, as uh, mm. Rose of Dewport did earlier in the day. They could uh, they could win from up near the lead, but. Now, that track, when it plays nice and fair, gives those back markers their chance because it's such a long run home. And as I said, the rail in the true position. And look, that was the query we had. I think I was, the, well, I was of the opinion that the O'Day Hoisted pair, Tumbler Ridge and Shalo, were the class runners. And one of them would win. Of course, I went the wrong way with Tumbler Ridge. <laughs> Me too. But, uh, Sh- <laughs> but Shalo, uh, look, she proved her class and she's a real gun first up. And 
She obviously, uh, you know, if that had been Doombin, she might have struggled to catch them, but uh, being the long straight at the Sunshine Coast wasn't an issue. So all credit to the stable and, and to Benny Thompson. All done a terrific job there. Now, it's got a bit of news about Gypsy Goddess that I hadn't caught up Yeah, on. this came out. Yeah, this came out uh, towards the end of last week, over the weekend. Gypsy Goddess, of course, who uh, won the Queensland Oaks uh, in the winter for your man, uh, Willie Pike, Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all thought was heading towards, um, well, I think ran in the, uh, what was that big race? The Golden Eagle at Rose Hill uh, in the springtime. Uh, we thought we'd be heading towards a campaign in Brisbane for the winter, but she's been retired. She's had some breathing issues, had an endoscopic, I think that's the right word, uh, check, and there's some issues there, and she may have struggled. So they've decided to retire her. She'll now stand as a broodmare in Japan. So she's been sold to Japan, and she'll uh, she'll stand beside her ex-stablemate, Yankee Rose. And you were dead set right, Patty. We spoke about this just before I went to air. She did win the spring champion back in 2016, and she also won a uh, size produce. Mm. So dual group winner, a group one winner, Yankee Rose, uh, and Gypsy Goddess will stand beside her in Japan. Okay, yeah, I pulled that up as well. And, and third in a Cox Plate, so Yankee Rose uh, yeah. had a very, very good CV. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, what have we got this week, mate? Uh, we kick off at Warwick tomorrow. Big meeting there. Doombin on Wednesday. Thursday's Ipswich. A double-headed on Friday, Bowen during the day, Sunshine Coast at night. And then on Saturday, we're back to Eagle Farm, which is probably a good thing because we might get some storms towards the end of the week. Uh, we race at Aquas Park on the or Gold Coast on the Poly Track again. We race at Cairns. And Toowoomba is back on Saturday night, Paddy. You'll be pleased to know that just <laughs> as much as I am. Toowoomba is back Saturday night. It's been off since, uh, since King of the Mountain night on New Year's Eve. So Toowoomba back in the fold and the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Well, for a newly retired uh, sports journo from television, <laughs> I could get myself in a bit of trouble this week by the sound of it. <laughs> Yeah, you've got plenty of time to do the form now. Probably too much time. <laughs> all right, mate. Great to chat. We'll talk, as always, during the week.